friends, Uncle Marv here with a special edition of the IT Business Podcast. Welcome to the show. I have an in-studio guest with me today, Zena Hassel from ZLH Enterprises, a fellow Floridian. Zena, how are you? Oh, I'm very good. I am very happy to finally have met Uncle Marv. <laughs> you've, you've met me. <laughs> I met you, yes, when I when I came down here, but everybody said, you have to go on, on the podcast. You have to see Marvin. You have to, so I'm very happy to see you, Marvin. <laughs> well, since you are a Florida woman, I guess it would make sense. And you live, what is it, about nine miles from me? No, it's a little no, more than that. It was more than that. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was about 20 miles, I think. I have a client that lives off Coral Ridge Drive, okay. which is about nine miles. So you're on Parkland, which is the other side of Right. That's Sawgrass. a large street. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell people, Florida is a large state. We have large streets. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And no matter where I go, it always takes me onto the same highway. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only really, what, three well, four if you count the turnpike. My car loves the sawgrass. Yeah. It doesn't matter where I am. My car will point itself to the sawgrass. If I have to go south, it will take me north to get onto the sawgrass. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but it does. Because you live in that weird little space called Parkland. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's a very nice, weird little space. But it is very weird. Ah. <laughs> Some of the things... You you made me look some stuff up, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> ah, so Zena and I, just to give everybody a little bit of background. So, well, first, let me go with the thought that you finally did the migration to, I did. to Florida, as I, most people who are from the Canadian, New York, New Jersey area do. Right. <clears throat> but it, it, it took us 18 18- about 18 years to figure it out because we, we, we've had a house down here for that long. But, really? But two years ago, we we flocked down here with the migration. All right. And you are fully-fledged Floridian residents? A- absolutely. Thank you. Yes, we are. <laughs> and and my, my family's been here for years as well. All right. Yeah. and But you still maintain offices in uh well we cover the New York metropolitan area. Okay. So we do have the corporate offices still in New Jersey and that's where um many many of our people sit. And we do have one person that sits in in New York. Okay. As well. But yeah, the corporate office remained in New Jersey. All right. But you had to come to Florida. I had to start getting away from where it was a little bit too chilly. Too long. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> you got the chilliness in here because you got the air conditioning. We have the yeah, but it's going to heat up. Oven. It's going to heat up because I had to turn it off, which is why we have the fans blowing oh, in this is that studio. What's going on? My my husband would love you with fans all over everything. <laughs> so, folks, as I mentioned, a very special uh, live edition. Zena is here in studio. Uh, had to do it. And it is a continuation of my Florida theme. So all April and all May, the goal is to have somebody representing the state of Florida on the show or here in office. So Zena was very gracious in coming to the office. Now, you know, it was a drive. 
Yes. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, let me go ahead and get some of the commercial stuff out of the way. This is the IT Business Podcast presented by NetAlly, your number one ally in the industry, providing handheld network testing solutions. Basically, they help you simplify network testing and deliver actionable insights to ensure optimal performance and keep your business running smoothly. Our live show is presented by Computers Done Right, your one-stop shop for all your computer needs in Venice, Florida. The team of experienced professionals help with computer repair, virus removal, data recovery, and much more. Uh, Head over to computersdoneright.com, your trusted IT partner, and as I mentioned, our newest partner, Instant House Call. If you are in need of remote support and you're not yet ready to jump up to the full-fledged RMM packages and stuff, uh, Instant House Call will fit the bill. They do remote support software that's perfect for small businesses. They give you just about all the features that the big boys do supporting PC and Macs. They give you personalized branding. You can transfer files, do unattended access, a whole bunch of stuff. And they also provide auto PC repair. So go over to instanthousecall.com. You can try it for 15 days with no obligation and best of all, no credit card required. Tell, uh, tell Corey that Uncle Marv sent you. He'll like that. All right. So, Zena, I usually start off with some, either some rants or some stories. Uh, I want to start off with a weird little story Uh-oh. and see if you know about it. Oh, God. I know you've done your homework. You know uh, how I know you've done your homework? Well, how? <laughs> because the picture that you posted is not the one that I sent you. <laughs> and I swear to God, I was not flipping anybody the bird <laughs> in that picture. There were two fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, do that later here. So I want to know if you've heard this. This was actually from a couple of weeks ago. It's not a Florida man story. But... The owner of an MSP in the San Francisco area has been booked on suspicion of murder in connection with the stabbing death of Cash App founder Bob Lee. Did you hear about that? Who didn't? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I didn't. I I missed it. So the San Francisco Police Department arrested Nima Momini. Uh, This was a couple of weeks ago. So whatever Thursday this was. In Emeryville, just outside of San Francisco, he owns a company called Expand IT. Oh, that part I didn't know. Yeah. That part I didn't know. So, yeah, they provide, uh, like, field services. Are you going to give them a commercial? No, I want to find out what this dude was doing. (laughs) (laughs) That he got to the point where he could stab the Cash App uh, owner. And apparently they were friends. That's what they said, that that they must have known each other. Yeah. So now a couple of weeks ago, so the site was down when I first went to look them up. The site is back up. So the expand IT website and it, uh, it is described as a group of local expert enterprise IT professionals dedicated to providing solid, reliable and efficient technology solutions and cost effective support services to valued SMB and enterprise clients. So, um, very interesting. So they actually, 
it, it wasn't just that they said this person was a they they said an MSP owner. So that that's very interesting. They they tagged him. So very interesting story there. Ah, uh, let's see. I feel here. like I'm getting a social studies quiz. <laughs> social studies course. <laughs> do they still call it that? I don't think they do. <laughs> oh, oops. And they don't have recess either. Current events. No recess. <laughs> you know they don't have recess in schools. No, really. I haven't had that in years. Ooh. They get rid of PE oh. and anything so. to keep people in shape there. <laughs> <laughs> so here's some news. You've heard of uh, Pax Aid, right? Yes, I have. So Pax Aid, of course, they've got press releases going out all over the place. Uh, apparently, they won uh, best place to work by the Denver Business Journal again. Well, so that good. was something. But here's another one: Keeper. Security joins Pax 8 to aid MSPs in mitigating password-related cyber risk. So I got to get my glasses out because this is tiny print. So Pax 8 is excited to have Keeper Security as a new vendor providing a distinct and innovative strategy for mitigating password-related cybersecurity threats, said Ryan Walsh, Chief Strategy Officer at Pax 8. So Pax 8 is, you know, they just acquired some other stuff. They just hired two new people. Rob Ray is now there. Um, what else is Pax8 doing? They were doing something. Oh, Splash Top company that I, so I sort of bashed them. A did you really? Weeks ago. I did. <laughs> oh, that wasn't good. So we had um, a gentleman from, pa- uh, from Splash Top on who was supposed to be expanding Splash 8 in the channel. Mm-hmm. And then they let him go. And they said they weren't going to be doing anything more in the MSP space. Well, that's interesting. Well, come to find out, they lied. I was going to say that's not necessarily true. (laughs) Because. uh, But people in this industry don't lie? No. Why would you do that? I don't know. So Splashtop is now added to the Pax8 marketplace, providing cost-effective and powerful remote access support and endpoint monitoring and management solutions. So um, I, I it's hard to explain. They got rid of the guy, but then they went up and partnered with Pax8. So I'd love to find out from Mr. Rob Ray, you know. You'll have to get him on the show. Yeah. Well, I, I got him on. It would take me another year to get him on again. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is busy. So Pax8, busy, busy, busy. Now, I'm going to be going to see Pax8 at their upcoming conference. Well, good for you. you uh, well, the, it's the, not just me. I mean, <laughs> No, no, no. There, there will be, I'm sure, hundreds of people. There. Yeah, yeah. Are you going? I am not. You are I, not? I am not going. So no. Pax 8 Beyond is the conference. And you know what? I've got a little video commercial for us to uh, tell you all about it. So okay. sit back and enjoy. We've always defined ourselves by our ability to provide solutions. To do more with less. Build something from nothing. To make the unknown. No. But we've only just begun.
never forget that our greatest accomplishment cannot be behind us because our destiny lies beyond. All right, so PAX 8 Beyond, June 11th through the 13th, I have my ticket, and I have reached out and confirmed that Mike Wise should try to be available to hang out with me. So if you are in the Denver area, uh, reach out and let me know. If you are going to the conference, reach out and let me know. We might have a little Uncle Marv after party somewhere and uh, see how that goes. So Denver, I'm traveling west of the Mississippi. All right, Zena, back to Florida. Okay. So why don't we... Why don't we first explain to people, because most people are just going to assume you're a managed service provider. I am not. And you're not. So first of all, let's let's get that out of the way. Explain to people what your company is and what you do. So in, in a nutshell, we, we are carrier agnostic consultants. We work with and collaborate with many MSPs in the industry. We work with businesses. Uh, a lot of the companies we work with are in the SMB space, and we evaluate what their technology requirements are, whether it be for VoIP or network services, SD-WAN, security, uh, awareness training. We don't get into, we do not provide SIEM and SOC. Uh, we help people migrate to the cloud, whether it's private or public, but we don't do it. We act as facilitators, helping customers. Uh, we're sort of like a matchmaker and a facilitator. Hmm. Interesting. How did you get started with that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my background is back back in the um, oh god nineteen seventies eighties. Um, I uh, worked for New York State, and we we did an evaluation and purchased the first uh, PBX for New York State Office of Mental Health. That got me um, interested in technology. From there, I went to a CPE company, and they were nationwide, did a lot of um, PBX installation, uh, key system installation, infrastructure cabling. Um, my, my position was corporate troubleshooter, and I ran the offices from South Jersey down to Maryland, Virginia. We did acquisitions, and then we, and then I would go in and uh, and do a- asset disposal after we did the a- acquisitions because it didn't always work out well. So after after the stint with the CPE company, um, I helped co-found a CLEC, which was uh, very boutique in New Jersey. And then after we sold that, I my share in it didn't give me enough money to retire. <laughs> so uh, I started consulting and then wound up in the agency business. All right. So you said a bunch of things that I'm sure the younger audience may not know. I'm sure they've heard of PBX, but not the key systems and the C-Lick and stuff like that. So for the younger listeners out there, explain... The origins of that. Okay, explain, Lucy. Here we go. Uh, a PBX is a private branch exchange. It's a big phone system. A key system is a smaller phone system, usually uh, 50 stations or below. Sometimes they went 
<clears throat> sometimes they went um, to about, <clears throat> excuse me, 100 stations. So you had the, 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 the big telephone system is the PBX. The small phone system is the, uh, is the key system. And you had to be nice to anybody because you didn't know who the key system people knew because maybe they knew a PBX person. Mm. Um, so it's, it's very similar to the marketplace today. If you're in the SMB space like we are, we don't turn customers away just because they have five employees and they only need a coax circuit as opposed to a fiber circuit with a backup and an SD-WAN device and all of that other nice stuff. Um, CLEC. CLEC is a competitive local exchange carrier, which is uh, – AT&T actually is a CLEC in Verizon territory. Verizon is a CLEC in other territories. Um, but a, a CLEC is, is somebody that, that basically – um, you, you folks know uh, Spectratel, New Horizon, Mettel. Those are, those are CLEX. Okay. Now, from the PBX and key systems, obviously, back in the day, all on-prem. Oh, yes. And were these now – let's see. So the old AT&T Lucent, the big Mitel machines that hung on the wall, those we knew as PBXs, but – is that about the size of the systems that you guys were dealing with? Um, <clears throat> no, I mean you had, <clears throat> excuse me, you had the, the largest. You had some systems that took up the the size of of this room. Okay. Actually, um, those were large, very large PBXs. Uh, but a key system could hang on the wall the same way that a, a PBX uh, a KSU or a cabinet. Um, in back in those days, there were cabinets. And the cabinet started like everything else in the computer industry getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Okay. Then you co-founded a CLIC and then uh, through thick and thin, you now ended up getting into the master agency side of the business. So does this, I'm, I'm probably going to be treading water here. So does this put I'll you in the- I'll if you do. They can see that on the- No, they can't see <laughs> So does this put you in the Sanders, Tolaris, TCG category? We, we are <clears throat> a, a, a much smaller version of, okay. of, of those. We actually have relationships with a, a number of the, I think they call themselves TSDs, TS something. I call them master agents. That's what I always know them as. Okay. The proper political name has changed. I, I, I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah. I just know that I call up somebody at Tolaris who took over TCG is who I was with. And that's where we get all of our stuff from, except for the few that we're direct with. Now you work with MSPs like me. Yes. To resell internet. We don't resell. No, no nothing is written on our paper. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unless we have a consultant agreement. Um, the only what we do is we uh, we prepare, present, provision, and care for third-party agreements. So the customer is always contracting with the carrier, not with us. Okay. Well, then how do you make money? The carriers pay us. Oh. <clears throat> how okay. do you make money? Customers pay me. Okay, but in, oh, in so certain if, instances. Okay. Well, if, if you, but if, if I. If I'm going through, it's like if I 
resell Comcast through Tolaris, mm-hmm. Tolaris pays me. Okay. But Tolaris doesn't pay you. They may. Oh, so you could work with them. I could. Or you could go direct. In some instances, I go direct. and It, it depends on who the carrier is. Okay. In, in the instances where we don't have a direct relationship with the carrier because I don't want to carry two, three hundred agreements that, that we put through different master agents. Okay. So what I come to you and say, hey, I've got a customer that needs a Comcast fiber. Can you help me? We could. Okay. And we would help. We, we would go to Comcast and get the contracts written. Uh, my folks go into the Comcast portal on coax orders. They write the orders. Okay. On, on fiber, it's, it's a different. Now, a different could method. I get paid by going to you and doing it? Mm-hmm. I get paid from you or from Comcast? You get paid from me. Okay. <clears throat> well, not from me personally, but from my company. <laughs> okay. And if I want it now. And there are MSPs that are under our umbrella. Okay. Telaris, you might want to think about that. Give me a call. I may have well, a new. We, 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 we. <laughs> I'm be in trouble. We do work. We work with Telaris as well as a, a few other master agents. Okay. Um, now, obviously, you're in New York, New Jersey, and Florida, but I have to assume that you can work pretty much across the country, or do you have regions, or how does it work? No, we work internationally, actually. Internationally. Some of our largest customers are international. Okay. There, there are no boundaries. There are no, uh, no territories. There are no restrictions because the field is just full of carriers um, that if a customer, mean, customer needs service outside of the domestic United States, that really is not a problem. We've put circuits um, – Europe, we've put circuits all over the place. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we've got, I don't know what the right word to call it. A lot of our carriers have had some issues. No. I hadn't noticed that, Marvin. <laughs> Were you talking financial? A little bankruptcy here, yeah. a little... <laughs> A little merger here that yes. turned out not to be a merger and all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, do you keep on top of stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> I mean, I like, <laughs> I like to know where my next check is coming from. Yes, you have to keep on top, on top of that. Sometimes, though, we are as surprised as the next person. Yeah, that can happen. So those, uh, it, it, it has happened without naming names. There's at least one carrier that has canceled an agreement multiple times because of bankruptcies. I'll name a name. Well, I won't. I will. Okay. Windstream. Oh my, who are they? <laughs> so Windstream used to be, God, who did they used to be? They used to they be. They used to be uh, Broadview Paytech. Paytech, US Lec. Oh my God, that's going back many, many, yes. many years. They, <clears throat> I mean, they weren't US Lec. They folded, folded US Lec into them. They, they, well, it, if you're talking about legacy Paytech, yes. Oh. I mean, legacy Windstream. Legacy Windstream was, was U.S. LEC. Okay. I couldn't remember which is which. All I know is right. that I think it started out as U.S. LEC, then became a Paytech. Although, wait a minute. Someplace in there was... And Paytech became Windstream? It, Broad, Broadview was in there, too. Okay. I don't think I dealt with the Broadview contract. Okay. Broadview is the office suite product. Oh, is it? Oh, yes, it is. Interesting. Oh, what happened to their all all works? 
I I never sold Allworks. I was never a fan of Allworks. Um, I haven't heard of Allworks okay. in many, many years. So I'm going to guess, and I may be wrong, um, that Allworks was replaced by the uh, Office, Office Suite product because that is the UCAS product. Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're selling now. I've got mm-hmm. yeah. 147 phones with one customer on the Office Suite. God bless. <laughs> God bless. We uh, we we have um, we have many customers on Office Suite, and one one of the folks in my office um, actually does a lot of the co- configuring, so that um, customers don't have to call in to any carrier. We do that in our offices for them. You do that for the for the clients. Mm-hmm. So I just dealt with um, Grandstream. What's the name of their thing? So a customer I just picked Grand, up. Grand, Grandstream is equipment. Well, yeah, it's the Grandstream, but the, it's they have a it's Grandstream UCAS oh, something. Okay. Yeah, some internet company is selling the phone system. <laughs> so and they nobody, all do, and nobody knew how to. So the tech is gone, and we've come in, and okay. we're got to learn the phone system. And I got into portal before and I figured out some things, but little things like you couldn't change the name on the phone or the extensions and that sort of stuff. So I needed somebody to walk me through. And the gentleman at this company who started the company is still the owner, but is semi-retired and living in South Carolina had to call me because apparently nobody local could do it. So wait a minute. They, they had a server on prem. Yes. Okay, I don't do those. I would prefer not to yeah. either. <laughs> I don't do those for that very reason. And and we had that situation many years ago. Uh, one of our clients had three CX systems, which were not uh, cooperating. Mm. They don't have them anymore. Yeah, so I, I think that this is one of those, that's probably all he's done for all these years, right. and it works. And the... Now, I don't know when their agreement is up, but I will certainly be talking to them about changing. That would be a very good idea. So, and and you know what what we suggest oftentimes to clients when when they're faced with do we do the cloud or do we do a server with SIP trunks? And I, I I'm sorry, a lot of the MSPs that are out there won't like this. When when you do something like that, you're sort of almost locking yourself in to limited replacement vendors okay. de- depending on how the system is configured. Whereas if you're in a cloud-based system, you have more options depending on which cloud-based system you go. I have a feeling that because this customer is a single site, they don't care. It was probably the cheapest option. It, it, it's possible, but when it's time to replace the server, it's cheap. Probably not. So I'll uh, call you and we'll sell them a new phone system. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. So with so we've we've been talking internet and phones and stuff, but you mentioned some other stuff that you consult with. Uh, what are some other types of projects that you would help either an MSP like me or your direct customers with? Well, we do um, bill auditing, and we've been. We have recovered a lot of money over the years, um, seven figures. So you go into companies and say, hey, let us see your bills and we'll 
find money that you're misappropriating? Well, those aren't the words that we use. It's not that it's <laughs> been misappropriate. We, we, what we do is... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that word? <laughs> I was gonna say. We, <clears throat> we tell them, if we find money that you've been paying that you shouldn't have been paying, okay. we call that a recovery and we take a recovery fee. It's, it's, it's completely contingency-based. If we don't find anything, we don't charge anything. Oh, so kind of like those personal injury attorneys down here. Um, no, we're not sleazy. You only pay if we win. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure that I, – I, I don't know if I can recall a time that we never – Found something. I think we have always found something. Okay, so in a sense, this is a company that's just so big that they just might be overspending and not know it. Correct. Or no one has looked at the bill. In, not that they haven't looked at the bill. Um, what a lot of people do is they say, well, the bill has been the same, so it's got to be right. But the, but the issue is maybe the bill was wrong the first time you looked at it. Okay. So if it was wrong the first the first time. It's going to continue to be wrong. Um, or you may be on an old plan. So we take a look at that as well. Now, now is this only related to tech stuff, or can you look at other bills and other accounts that they're using? Well, we, we limit ourselves to technology. <clears throat> but there are companies out there that will do utility bill auditing. We don't do the full bill audit. We, we have a people that we can refer okay. to for that. So, but we don't hold ourselves out as, as utility builders. All right. So in terms of so uh, telecommunications and that sort of stuff, do you ever dig into like, do you look at an MSP bill and say you're overspending? <laughs> not, not. <laughs> we, we have looked at MSP bills to see whether or not things are in line with industry average. Okay. Um, we can look, however, at, uh, AWS and uh, you know and Azure bills to see whether or not those are appropriate because no. there's a lot of money there. Well, that, that could get tricky. Well, you want to you want to be able to optimize those bills. Well, true. Now, I don't sell AWS, mm -hmm. but I've looked at selling it. That could be tricky because if you're just doing monthly or annual agreements, that's the one price. But I found that some MSPs have found a way to leverage those long-term five-year deals. Okay. Is, but have you ever looked at a, a bill where the usage far exceeds anybody's imagination? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I have no there, idea. You, you have bills like that that are out there. And there are companies that can help to optimize those charges. Okay. So when you say usage out... We'll have to come back to that. Okay. Or do you want to go ahead and try to explain it to me? Because I'm just a little old MSP. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. So, you know, pe people will, uh, will, will contract with the service and say, and say, you know, here's how much my storage is going to be. Okay. But wait a minute. What happens if you want to pull down stuff? You have traffic going through Yeah, the ingress and egress. Right. Uh-oh, they forgot to figure that one in. Oh, and so, that can get very expensive. Okay, so that I understand. Yes. Uh, what about maybe they over-provisioned servers? 
Is that, is that part and, of it as and, well? And anything. So, I mean, we work with uh, partners that have particular expertise in that niche market. Okay. Um, the other thing that we do is we have expense management and inventory system. Um, <laughs> that's, and that, that's why you looked at my room and said, do you inventory? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at your room and I said, oh, my God. <laughs> Who's doing your quarterly inventory? Quarterly? <laughs> like if I do it annually. <laughs> That's how you pick up revenue. What's the matter with you? That's what eBay's for. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll uh, so it, it's, it's called a, a, a TEMS or a telecom expense management system. But within that, uh, we, we can inventory what, uh, what POTS lines are used for, what a circuit is used for. Um, we we can uh, put uh, IP addressing. So if 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 you have a, a multi located account and they want to know what do I have at that location, they they can go in and they can take a look at what that is. Why am I paying for sixteen IPs when I'm only using one? That system is not looking at that. Oh, okay. But we all know that that everybody is. Yes. Yeah. Paying for more, more. I shouldn't say everybody. I never use the word ever, never. You just, or, just or did. I, I just, I just retracted that. Okay. I don't edit, by the way. So that's <laughs> quite all right. I know that we're live, but you know that many people out there order more IPs than they need. Yes. Just in case. Well, yeah, you never know. That's right. Now you mentioned pots lines. Yes. Now I know that I've got a client that. Their vendor is trying really hard to get them off because apparently POTS lines are going away. POTS lines are not going away. Copper is going away. Okay. There's a big difference. And I I had one customer uh, a couple of months ago called me in an absolute panic because uh, one of their vendors had come to them and said, yeah, you have to you have to get this. You have to get that because your pots lines don't work anymore. And and the guy flew into a panic because it was a, a commercial office building, and the pots lines were servicing his elevators and his alarms. Right. And he called me and he said, "Oh my God, my pots lines don't work." And I said, "Well, why don't they work?" Well, because so and so came and told me that they don't. I said, "No, no, no, they work. Your particular pots lines are coming in over cable." Okay. So you have different flavors of POTS lines. You can have analog lines coming over SIP because you put them through an ATA. You can have um, cellular lines. You can have all sorts of lines that give that same analog handoff that the copper gives. When, when Verizon or AT&T is coming into locations, um, uh, I'll talk about Verizon because I, I, I know that very well. They'll, they'll, they'll put their Verizon ONT box up. Mm-hmm. And they have ports that come out of it. Oh, my God, those are POTS lines. Okay. But they're not copper. But they'll still usually work. Only sometimes do they have uh, an, an issue in terms of uh, voltage that that uh, that a piece of machinery is looking for. So the way I understood it, that, that of course they're not going to put any new copper in. No, they, they're usually not because right. they're retiring copper, 
out of the central office. And if they retired the copper out of the central office, there was nothing for the copper at the premise to then connect to. And the copper at the premise gets, um, it's, an, it's, it's antiquated and it has been weathered over time. True. But I mean, are they literally ripping the copper out? The, Is that the retiring meaning they're going to pull it out? Yeah. In favor of fiber, fiber technology. Okay. Or cellular technology. So, or coax technology. So, I know that right now when we walk into phone rooms, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is still a lot of wires in those rooms. Who's going to pull all that out? Because nobody, nobody ever wants to pull it out. Why not? There's money in copper. Well, I, I, I would do it if I knew that, but apparently you're not supposed to just well, rip stuff off the wall. You can't, you can't mess with the telephone company DMARC. So their 66 block you're not supposed to touch, right? They're your 66. It depends which blocks you're talking about. If, you, <laughs> if you're talking about the old terminal block, no, that, that is the phone company. Okay. But if you're talking about the block that you've extended it onto, it's your block. And then all the cable, all the wires connected to it. Well, you're not talking about the inside cable because you're still using copper. Inside. I mean, well... People really aren't using Cat three uh, cabling anymore. Could you pull that? Yes. Can you make money on that? Oh, for sure. Really? Oh, make that make that note. It's my freaking pen. There it is. No, this isn't a pen. Oh. This is a Ignite multifunction device. Oh, okay. I don't know if so. It's got the screwdrivers in there. Okay. I thought it was a pen. It's. Um, I think there's a light somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. It stopped working. So, okay. So, Cat Three Copper, we'll figure it out. I've got a phone yeah. guy that loves to make money off stuff like that. So. that. That's a great way to make money because as people are cleaning up their server rooms, or they're cleaning up, you know, all their backboards, they're pulling out their PBXs or their KSUs, which, by the way, a lot of people don't do. But I mean, why are you leaving it there? It's taking up real estate on the wall. Yeah. So I had a. Um, AT&T Lucent box sitting at a client in their kitchen behind their refrigerator for years. And not a good place, by the way. I just just report. (laughs) (laughs) And my phone guy is like, oh, do you think they'll sell that to me? I'm like, sell it. Just take it. (laughs) Yeah, the the parts are uh, only gray market available. I mean, they stopped manufacturing that stuff. 20 years ago. That's, that's why he wanted it, because he said, I can't get this stuff anymore. And apparently he had several systems, and they had four of those modules. Right. So, line, line cards or station cards. Yeah. Cards, whatever. Yeah. Just big hunk of boxes that are plugged into the oh, wall. Oh, the, the actual boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I still have one of those in my office, actually, in New Jersey. And we have, I, I actually run my fax line through there. Yeah. And we use it uh, for testing. And I cannibalize it when people need parts. Oh, looky here. Say hi to Giles. Dinah Giles is in the chat. Hi. All right. So. Well, at least we know there's one person listening. (laughs) Well, I thought by mentioning at night, um, our friend Eric would uh, pop in and say hello. He usually watches after his, uh, his show, but it's not. So. 
All right, let's do one quick transition here, and then we'll talk uh, some other topics here. A conference that I will be attending and actually will be the MC of this September, TechCon Unplugged. Are you ready to unplug? Are you ready to connect with the brightest minds in tech? Then join us for TechCon Unplugged 2023. From September 7th through the 10th, you'll have the chance to connect with a community of like-minded tech professionals who share your passion and drive. Attend hands-on workshops and breakout sessions to learn new skills and gain fresh perspectives. It's not just about the work. There's also plenty of time to unwind, relax, and have fun with your fellow attendees. Paco says it's where the magic happens. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to unplug, recharge, and take your tech career to the next level. Get your early bird tickets now at TechCon All right, we're back. <laughs> Doing a little, a little green room stuff here. Uh, so I'm going to have to clean up the recording. Uh, hopefully I can do that. Uh, all right. So just checking the chat here to see if there's anything we want to talk about, but no. So let's talk about real quick. So, you know, we mentioned this is not the first time we've met in person, although you said it was, we met in Orlando We did for the first time in person at the exchange conference. Uh, and then we've seen each other often on in the Zoom rooms for ASCII. Yes, we have. So a let's wonderful organization. Yeah. So how long have you been a part of ASCII? I can say maybe five years. Oh, that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's about how long I've been with them. Now, it let's see. Took 20, me a while to find them. 2016, I think, is when I. So seven years. For yeah. Me. I I didn't know that was a question. I didn't research it thoroughly. <laughs> it, it's been several years though, and it's okay. a wonderful organization. All and right. I, and I I like the people in it. And everybody is usually welcoming. All right. I just assumed you were one of the veterans, you know? No. No. Okay. So if you didn't know them before, how did you find them? Well, actually, there was an ASCII event in New Jersey. There's one every year, isn't there? (laughs) Well, yes, there is. But I didn't know that because I didn't know ASCII. And one of the suppliers asked if we would come and... uh, man the booth with them oh and uh, actually it was comcast Comcast. yeah we well if anybody has problems with comcast we (laughs) anybody we we are everybody well you know what but sometimes they can be solved okay and we are a good friend to comcast and we are able to solve a lot of comcast issues now there are some Comcast issues that we cannot solve, um, but things that are within a, a technical delivery sphere, we, we, you know, if it can be fixed, we fix it. If it can be done, we do it. Well, we got to talk because my audience knows that I am Comcastic because <laughs> uh, we have outages all the time. I think I found out what part of the reason is. Even though I'm on a business street, right? we are connected to a residential area. We share the same Comcast. So it's not really business class, fast, no. reliable 
as the commercial would say. Right. So what you need to do is you need to find out what the situation is with the node. And yeah, you don't want to know any of that stuff, but, <laughs> but you, there, there are things at least to look into. Yeah. And perhaps it's resolvable. Actually, and I'm, I'm more than happy to help you. I would love to get fiber in here of some sort. Okay. But we, I don't, can, this is one of those streets. Well, we can pull a map and see who's here. Um, Lightpath actually is uh, is making a play now. They followed me down to. Uh, they followed Florida. you. Yeah, right. Did you know that? No, I, no I'm, I'm being I sarcastic. Even, I don't even know who Lightpath Light, is. Light, <laughs> Altice. They were Altice. They were part of Optimum. Suddenlink. All, all okay, I've heard of Optimum. That that whole crew. Okay. Okay, so Lightpath is the fiber part, and they broke apart, and now they're a separate company. And they are making a play in Florida now. Okay. But you also have another one of your favorites, probably AT&T. That's down here. AT&T's been here forever. Mm-hmm. So. They've, they've become competitive again. In certain instances, yes. And, and there are a number of different ways to purchase AT&T. You can purchase AT&T indirectly, sometimes for less money than through AT&T. Yes, their, what is it, the ABF product uh, has come in pretty handy for a couple of customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I just know that it's fiber-like speed it, It's <laughs> without the fiber-like price. Okay. Fios? Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Is that who ABF? It's the equivalent. Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> it was a rebranded. You know, it's like, it's like Lumen has their Lumen Plus product, which... Uh, I mean, we we uh, we install it when we need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it 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 takes a little bit to get it installed, but it's you know that's 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 the category that they were in. But they're non SLA products. Okay, that's of course the big thing. Right. Need that SLA on those products, but right. And if you want to continue to talk in acronyms, what you really want is BAU. Like. Criminal Minds? It's business for, oh, hi, Robin. Um, but but um, business as usual, regular fiber, business class fiber. Oh, okay. But that's usually twice the price or three times the price. Th- those prices are also coming down. To some degree, there is a race to the bottom mm-hmm. with internet services, which is why... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the companies are balking about it. Some companies have taken a position that the, there is a uh, a threshold that they won't go below. I got to pay those uh, those uh, bonuses and dividends at the end of the year. Um, yeah, okay, but then they just lower the stock price or <laughs> split it or you split know, the stock. Do, yeah, do something else stupid. Oh my. So I want to get to one question here before we run out of time. We're going way off script here, but I, I did want to ask you about being a woman-owned business. Okay, we uh, are. I have uh, tried to make an effort uh, to talk about diversity and equity uh, in the tech industry. I've had uh, some some female business owners on. I uh, wanted to ask you, and there's going to be a little bit of a flavor to this question because you were up north and okay. now you're down south. Okay. And but I'm still a woman. You're it, still- <laughs> it doesn't matter which state that I'm in. <laughs> Up and down, still a woman. <laughs> so 
over the years, um, how has it been in our industry being a woman-owned business? Oh, absolutely miserable. Yeah. But um, I, you know, a, a number of years ago, actually, it's, I've been with ASCII more than five years, and Robin Miller probably knows um, how long. Hi, Lori. I, I did a, a little STEM uh, panel discussion for some uh, high school girls, and I, I looked at those statistics from all of those years ago. And when I was at the exchange conference, and I, I looked around the conference, and, and actually in the room that we were in, the, the older woman that was in the room came to me. And she said, did you notice how few women are at this conference? And, and I said, yes, because my, my eye just usually takes a visual head count of who's there. Uh, so years ago, women in tech or women in, in STEM were like 13%. And I don't, think it's, it's, I don't think the bar has moved much from there. That, that's pretty good. That's pretty stinky. What well, do you mean I, I, that's pretty yeah, good? I'm just saying compared to, you know, the blacks. Oh, well, and if you're a black woman, I guess you're in trouble. Yeah. But, but no, but, the, the, you know, the point is that the needle has not moved. Um, young women still seem to be hesitant to come into the field. I don't know if it's intimidation or I don't want to look like a geek or I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I'm not a statistician or I, I don't go around doing, you know, all of those studies. Um, I was at a, a conference the other day. There were about 25 people in the room. There were three women and one, and of, and of, one black. Um, oh God, Marvin, I don't remember. <laughs> it's actually usually the but ratio. But there were Hispanic people. Does that count? Well, it's- it's probably fifty percent Hispanic down here, <laughs> but, but but you know the the point is that there. I don't for 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 women in in technology. I I think it's terrible that we have to call it out and always call it out separately. Right. Hey, hey Adrian. Um, and you know I would just like to be part of the you know. We're all in technology. What's the difference if we're purple or, or black or brown or a woman or, or who? You know, who cares? But the point that we have to call it out tells you that there may, there may be an issue of some sort. And then even within that statistic of women in technology, how many of those women are women business owners in technology? Well, that's that's what I was getting to more because. I mean, there are women in our industry. A lot of them are geared towards, you know, sales and HR, HR and marketing and right. stuff like that. But finding an actual female tech right. is rare. Finding a female tech business owner is, I don't want to say rare. That's probably not the right word. because It's unusual. Right. And and in my particular instance, I am very happy to say it's even <clears throat> even rarer because I have a, a, a two generation because my daughter sits with me in the business. So I've that's my exit strategy. Will she continue on? Absolutely. She she, she 
has ownership in the company. Well, she does. Oh, yes, she does. You have to get her. Mommy may be a witch with a B, but I'm also fair. <laughs> okay, we are not going. There. <laughs> we are not going there. Oh, my goodness! All right. Well. Oh wait! A minute. You have you have to read what Diana said. We did. I put it up did, while you were talking oh, there. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the bright side, there's no line for the bathroom at conferences. That's like her go-to line now. She's been saying that for the last two years. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was original. I thought it was really funny. Um. All right. Well, it is that time. Uh oh. What I do. You didn't do anything. <laughs> you actually did a lot because you were one of the few people that prepared for this segment, Florida Man or Random Question. Mm. And you were sending me <laughs> it's like, What the hell is a Florida man? What is this? <laughs> You've been here a couple of years now. You know. I never heard of it. Uh, I had to reach out to people. And, 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 and then actually when I sent you the first one, I was like, oh, God, that's like really morbid. So let so, me send the second one. Yeah. <laughs> And it's and it's tough for you because here's the thing. So you live in Parkland. Yes. Now you came after. Yes. The school the shooting. shooting. Yeah. Uh, but it's prevalent again. They're they're still doing. Uh, what are they doing? It's not a court. Um, they're not in court right now. But they're doing. No, they did. They did the whole sentencing. And, they did. Okay, the whatever. sentencing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that is prevalent. Um, but you did uh, bring up the story that I was going to talk about. And I have another one, but we'll just do the one that you, the third one you submitted, the second one. How many did you submit? Oh, I don't know. I was just like flying. I was, I, I didn't want to get caught not doing my homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the title is A Million Bees Swarm yes. Interstate After Florida Man Crashes Big Rig. So, of course, you know, we're always used to stories down here of, you know, accidents and truck spilling stuff. Beer, corn, or whatever, but a truck in Florida spawned a swarm of a million bees after it broke its load following a collision on I-10. And for those that do not know, I-10 is at the north end of the state, basically going from Jacksonville to Tallahassee, east to west. So a semi carrying the bees was traveling westbound in the early hours of Tuesday morning when it was hit by a big rig truck merging onto the highway. Uh, following the crash, the trailer of the semi broke open, releasing its cargo out into the highway. But of course, rather than simply spilling across the road, the bees on board swarmed the highway. So yes, more than 1 million bees, 1 million bees were released into Duval County. <laughs> and uh, I think they had to call in just about every professional beekeeper around uh, to uh, wrangle the bees. And I don't think it's all done yet. I think they're they're still missing some bees. I have not kept up with it, but you've heard that expression, who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> who let the bees who out? Who let the bees out? Uh, all right. And then, of course, I shared uh, a non-Florida story earlier uh, when I – wanted to talk about the MSP owner because I thought that that was much more important to talk about than a Florida man story. Right. Of which there are tons of it, Florida it's man It's amazing. Stories. We have a lot of crazy examples. We do. And just to show you how many, I'm going to scroll to my phone here. What, how many crazies? 
And just when I do a search for Florida man, let's see, here's what came up today. Uh, well, this is from yesterday. Florida man charged with throwing explosive at the Capitol riot. Oh, nice. Now, Florida man, for some reason, was at the forefront of that. Missing Florida man found dead in San Francisco. Late, uh, let's skip that one. Oh, Florida man, 74, accused of grabbing flight attendant by the crotch. Well, it probably would have been more interesting if she grabbed him by the crotch, don't you think? <laughs> it would have been. Uh, let's see. Taylorsville police charged Florida man with indecent liberties. Here's a great one. Florida man, and this is for Chad, my Canadian friend. Florida man doesn't remember taking alligator on his blacked out beer run. Oh, somehow I think I would have remembered that. <laughs> but it's a good thing I don't drink beer. Yeah. So that is a story. I'll I'll link to that. Uh, let's see. Da-da, Florida man reclaims his Florida man designation. Florida man accused of killing girlfriend. You know, we we have something in, up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's called Weird New Jersey. Yeah. And if you take a look at that, it, I mean, they have books and magazines on it. And, and uh, one of the things is not too far from where my office is, which, which is the old Marlboro Psychiatric Center, which is now closed down and the kids go and hang out and do all sorts of... So New Jersey has it too, I guess. If you Google weird New Jersey, you'll come up I, with stuff. Every state has it. Yes. I every, mean, there's everybody. stuff all the time. It's just the whole idea that Florida, for some reason, you could literally Google Florida man and a date, and there will <laughs> always be a story. That's, well, that's how it came to just be. Just like you can Google a date and somebody was born on that date. Yeah, well, that's... That's different. Anybody can be born. Anybody can have a baby. You can't find a naked person riding on the top of a semi down the interstate Uh, every day. No, you can't. Uh, All right. Well, Zena, I want to say thank you for coming to hang out. Well, you are more than welcome. I can't believe I'm I'm finally here with Marv. (laughs) You say that like it means something. (laughs) (laughs) Like you've arrived at the Dave Letterman show here at Studio B. No, I I was told you've got to go down and see Marv. You've got to see him. You've got okay. I'm here. Well, you know what you're going to remember is the feast. Yes, you have that uh, very hospitable, and Kim was very nice. Yes, which she does all the time, and there's dessert waiting for you. I I'm on it. So uh, we are going to go ahead and end off the show here, folks, uh, before the food gets cold. And I want to say thank you to Zena Hassel for making the trip down here, joining me for the show, continuing our focus on Florida for the IT Business Podcast. Folks, head over to the website and catch any of the past shows. You can go back and replay this. And if you want to always be alerted when shows are released, audio and video, Go to itbusinesspodcast.com slash follow. Find your favorite podcatcher. We're on just about all of them. And you can listen to us on the go. Remember to sign up for Pax 8 Beyond and for TechCon Unplugged. Links will be in the show notes and on the episode page. And we'll be back with an episode next week. Enjoy yourselves. What? You got to plug my book. Oh, your book? Oh, you forgot. Well, it wasn't in the notes. My armadillo skin, how I made it as a woman in the field of telecom.
It's available on Amazon. I'll get the link for that and put that in there. When did you write that, by the way? That was that was what I did over my COVID vacation. It was like two years ago officially, yes. right? Yes, two years. Okay. And is it an easy read? Oh, it's very easy read. Yes. Big pictures? Big words? There's no pictures. No pictures. <laughs> I, I use the English language. I've been told that it's a very helpful book and it's an easy read. I think even my husband read it and he doesn't read books. All right. What was the name again? My Armadillo Skin, How I Made It as a Woman in the Field of Telecom. Man, should have plugged that right after I asked you about being a woman business oh, owner. Oh, who remembered? <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Uh, use my link. Go get the book on Amazon. That'll help support the show. And we'll see you next week. And until then, holla.